0: Welcome back to the Passive Road to Retirement Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Jarrett. Today, we're joined by Felicia Fro. Felicia is the owner of Money with Mission, an investment company focused on empowering professional women to build wealth and achieve financial freedom through social impact investing. As a real estate syndicator, Felicia has partnered with like-minded investors and has raised money for several social impact projects. In addition to real estate investing, Dr. Froh is a licensed urological surgeon with over 20 years of experience. She has written many best-selling books, including How to Create Wealth That Outlives You. Plus, she's an advocate for sharing the great work others are doing for their community through her podcast, Money with Mission podcast. Felicia, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate you having me. It's
0: It's great to have you on
1: finally just the so transparency you guys andrew and i have tried this two other times and my wi-fi has been terrible yes. so it looks like we're doing okay this time yeah this time it seems
0: to be going really well so <laughs> knock on wood yes so i guess yeah felicia for our our viewers if you don't mind maybe just a little background about you know how you went from being a doctor essentially or still are and into into syndications in the world of real estate
1: yeah, I so I came from a family who is who are professionals, but kind of first generation professionals. So their our mindset was or is was like their mindset is go to job, get a go to school, get a job, <laughs> work there till you retire. Um, and you want to go and get a great job so that you can make a lot of money. And it was all about trading time for dollars for my parents. And I mean, that's what I did. I went to medical school, residency, became one of the first 100 female urologists in the country. Aww. Don't ask me why, but that that's a whole thing. <laughs> and have worked at, got my first practice. I worked in Minnesota in my first practice. And about two years, three years into that with a lot of, um, well, let me back up a little bit. You can imagine as being one of the first 100 female urologists in the country, the guys, there's a lot of urologists, the guys were not used to that. Mm. And even so this was I'm gonna to admit to now up to 30 years of urology practice. So I finished my uh-huh. residency in 93. And um the guys just weren't used to women and there was still the whole a whole patriarchal thing there as well as um I don't I don't want to say discrimination, but it was just a, a lack of understanding and seeing how women were a little different. For example, having a child. Um, there I had a hard time getting them to understand that I needed at least six weeks off after I had my baby. So there was, there was a lot of issues going on. Just a lot of stress in that.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, about three, four years in, I was like, this isn't the last thing I'm ever going to do. And that was not even from myself. It felt like it came from outside of me telling me this isn't the last thing and like, which is pretty scary yeah. because I had just finished my residency and finished medical school and finished undergrad, which built at that time five figures of debt for us um so you're like okay wait i was supposed to have this job that's going to help me pay off all this debt and be my you know lifelong thing and i don't think this is it
0: <laughs> yeah it took scary. me a
1: while to come to terms with that and and actually i got that hit and i was like but what am i supposed to do you know that was kind of like i this is what i know and if you and at that time i was talking to other physicians telling them the story They're like, but well, what else can you do? You're a doctor. What else can you do? Over the years, I came to realize I'm a doctor. I went to medical school. I did a residency. I can do anything. <laughs>
0: <Came> <laughs> I got through to, that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I yeah. I I, I can do a few things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, came down to I was joined a group of women physicians. We bought a building and the woman that helped us go through that real estate transaction introduced me to Rich Dad Poor Dad. Hmm. which was just so eye opening and mind blowing to think about money in that kind of way. And it was shortly after that that we started buying our own real estate. We bought single family houses like so many people do when you start out and we got our first one with the help of a friend who and it wasn't financial help it was just mindset help to get us to jump off of a small curb when you hear the deal it was very small. But it was very scary, right? When you're, first do, when you're doing something for the very first time, whether it's your first law case, your first in front of a judge, your first surgery, your first whatever, it's scary. Yeah. And then you do it and you're like, okay, what well, I didn't die and nothing bad happened. And the person that helped me in that deal took all the risk out of it. She said, if it doesn't work, I'll buy this thing from you. All the risk was yeah. gone. And when that worked, we went fast. We built eight. We bought eighteen properties in two years. Needed various forms of rehab. Da 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 da. Then we found out in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, we knew absolutely nothing because we were in a deep hole of debt, and needed more money, and money wasn't there. And all these properties were all they needed so much. We finally had to just walk away from all of that, which was very painful because I don't quit anything,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it was either walk away from this or dig a really, really deep hole that your family may not ever get out of. Yeah. So that's the short, long story (laughs) of how (laughs) I got into real estate. Once that, once we got past that, once I, well, I actually had the mindset when I was walking away from that. Cause I mean, the things that hit you hard are number one, you're a loser, That that's the first thing. It's like, how did I let this happen?
0: Sure.
1: I also knew that I could walk away from it and still get back into real estate because I still knew that real estate was the was the vehicle I wanted to use. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: wasn't one hundred percent sure where I wanted to go, but I knew that was the vehicle I wanted to use, and I knew that my credit score, which took a gigantic hit, was not going to it's not the only way you can buy real estate. You can get real estate in all kinds of ways. So I had done that enough education to know that. So. That's what I started to rebuild after that, went into, got into a bunch of rooms with people a lot smarter than me on the real estate front. You know, doctors tend to think we know everything. We kind of, we get a little big headed sometimes and then realize, at least I did, I know a lot about urology. I can do, I can tell you all you need to know about urology. And if there's something about urology, I don't know, I know where to go. And so that's how I kind of now take in my real estate. I know a lot about a lot in real estate and there's a whole bunch I don't know. So I need to have those people on my team who I can reach out to or just people in my network that I can reach out to to understand what I don't understand. Or it's like, this is just a little weird to me. Can you help me understand this? That same same thing in every other, in every other aspect of our lives. It's just a lot of times we don't think about it in a new aspect, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's how I got into syndication. I got into those rooms. I learned about syndication. First of all, I didn't even know what that was. Learned about what that was. Then ultimately found the more social impact kind of things that more fill me than uh, multifamily. Those were interesting, resort properties. All those kinds of things are very interesting and are make you money great. It was the wanting to make a difference that I didn't even realize I had in me, honestly, until I found the senior living types things and then learned about affordable housing and all those kinds of things that got me to money with mission and investing for social impact.
0: Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying this episode. Are you ready to maximize your real estate investing to its full potential? Send me an email at andrew at jarrettcapital.com and take your life and business to all new levels. That's Andrew at J-A-R-R-E-T-T Capital dot com, so that's that's incredible. I mean, I guess, at what stage did you realize you wanted to do that social impact investing? And do you think that had anything to do with maybe your career in healthcare and, and helping people like that already?
1: I think it probably did, um, and not necessarily my career in healthcare, but what got me to healthcare in the first place. We, you know, most physicians go in wanting to help and wanting to make a difference. And be perfectly honest, we know that you're going to have a really fairly good salary or income with that. So those things together got me into medicine. And then I think those things together have gotten me into the social impact side of um, real estate investing and business investing. And just knowing that it is possible to make money and make a difference. That's that's the number one thing for me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I guess, what do you... um. Going back to the real estate side, how do you feel about multifamily versus single-family? Did you like obviously the multifamily better? It seems like
1: so multifamily. Let me put it this way: I think both can work well. I think one single-family house is not the best thing. I mean, it's actually when you have one, it's hard. It's really hard when you have a hundred. You've got you've got um, economies of scale, and it's as good to me as having a hundred unit multifamily complex. So however you want to do that, you can buy portfolios of single families. You can buy, you can invest in, um, a multifamily deal, multi um, multimillion dollar multifamily deal. It, it doesn't matter to me. It's more about, um, for the impact part, it's you buy a building, you buy a bunch of houses and you make that neighborhood better. But not, but not forcing people out. So it's a matter of how you put together your deal, so that the people that are living there, it's not the air quotes gentrification that's just driving up prices, driving up prices, so that the that people are displaced. So that's the bigger thing when I'm thinking about doing that type of thing. So I, I one or the other is fine with me. I don't I don't really have a, pre, a overall preference. I would prefer to buy a bunch of single family houses as opposed to picking them off one at a time
0: yeah yeah i agree i've kind of done done both and i agree once you get to i'd say 25 units maybe you know or so that's when you get more economies of scale you can afford somebody part-time um but there is always something nice about 100 unit with third-party mm-hmm. management <laughs> <laughs> you could have you can have third
1: party third party management with your 20 30 single families like, it's there i have that's i true. have four single families plus the other uh, syndication type things i have third party man i don't i never want to hear from a tenant I never ever and some a lot of physicians and a lot of professionals we're um the type a control everything and want to just like single family so i can be in charge of it so i can know everything and i'm like it is another job when that's what you're doing and if you're working 40, 60 hours a week already on your W-2 income job, you don't have time for that. It's just, it's it makes it so difficult. And it sound it makes it feel like real estate's not the answer to you. Um it the easier way is to have is to factor in the management fees so that your deal works. That's the bottom line.
0: Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. I guess coming back from that 2008, you know, where you had to walk away, how did you overcome that mindset to get back in the game, you know, after, after having that happen?
1: Yeah, it was, it, for me, it was knowing that, um huh, that was, you did a bunch of dumb things. You really, it was a grow too fast kind of issue and realizing that it was a me problem and not a, a real estate problem. And I, and where do I get that? I don't know. Um, we, we had my husband and I had some disagreements over what the issue was. He felt real estate wasn't our thing. And I felt like, you yeah, know, it's just like, we just didn't, we didn't play this game right. And we didn't have enough education. Um, And I don't even know if I thought education it was like, we just didn't play the game right. If, if these books are telling me this is the way to go, then we just didn't do it right. That's the bottom. It's like having a complication in your surgery. It's like, it's not that the surgery was wrong. It's like, you got to go back and review what you did that caused this problem. And maybe, maybe it was nothing. Maybe it was just the circumstances, but you have to look at your part in whatever a problem is to me, rather than it's all external thing. And once we do that, we can really start to make changes and grow and improve all the things that we do, including our investing, including our surgeries, including our in front of a judge, Speeches, like what do you call? I don't even call that our arguments in front yeah. <laughs> <as attorney>. of <laughs> opening <laughs> arguments, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So no, it was. Totally. It
1: really was a, a look at what, what, how did I contribute to this problem? What mm-hmm. didn't I see? What didn't I know? And getting in the room with people who also hadn't seen it, but we could all start to look at it and say, what did we miss? And go back to before and see all this, all the things that led up to what happened were the signs were there. The signs were all there. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know that those were the signs. So now when things are going whatever direction they're going now, you can start looking and say, okay, this could be, this could be a potential problem. That could be a potential problem. And it's not that you don't invest. It's that you just learn how to mitigate all those risks. Do you have to have more capital on hand than you thought you needed to, than you might've usually had to have? Do you need to have, you know, whatever you just work to mitigate the risks when you can potential, when you can see the potential problems. Can you see all the problems? No, you can't.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You can't. But as my friends have told me, if you have enough money and money and the problem you have is solved by money, then you can solve your problem. So being well capitalized is key um, all the time in real estate.
0: Yeah. Good point. Capital solves a lot of issues. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Being well capitalized and having plenty of reserves is not a bad thing that's for
1: exactly, sure exactly exactly <laughs> sometimes it sometimes your investors aren't getting quite what they thought they were going to get just because okay you're going to get it it's just not coming as fast as we thought because we want to be make sure we can weather any storms that come down the road and as right. long as i think we can have that conversation have them understand then things go well which turns to the thing about that I like most about private investing and off wall street investing is, you know, the person you're investing with can have those kind of conversations with them compared to your wall street broker. And you don't know they're, they, they are investing in companies for you, but you have no control over those companies and have no understanding Mm -hmm. of what they're doing there or why they're doing it. And guarantee you're going to be the last one to make money in any of those deals. Yeah. We get the leftovers off of those.
0: Yeah, like you said, if you invest in Coca-Cola, it's not like you can call up the CEO and start asking them questions, right? Versus the syndication where you can reach out to the sponsor. <laughs> Big you, you difference.
1: Need, I mean, that's just so key to me to understand who you're giving your money to. Mm-hmm. So key. And we, ne- I never thought about that before I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and got around the people that I've gotten around. Before that, it was give your money to that person's hand, put it in a suitcase, give it to that hand from around the corner and hopefully it'll come back to you someday. Um more with more friends you just, actually i don't even think i thought about that it's like i just please get my money back to me now yes. it's send my money out my money needs to come back with some friends
0: right don't <laughs> just come. don't come back by yourself no yeah. <laughs> come back with some friends <laughs> yeah. bring some friends back we'll have a party yeah <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> that's funny so i guess uh you know end of july 2023 is when we're recording this what are you looking forward to the most right now is there anything that maybe has you a little nervous or, you know, keeps you up at night or anything like that?
1: No, I, well, what keeps me up at night is probably just that I don't sleep very well. Not, (laughs) not too much about the economy. I mean, the economy is what the economy is. You play, this is, you just play the game that you're in. That's the bottom line. We're on the, whatever I mean, if you just think about it all as a game, these are the rules. Oh, the rules changed. Okay. Now I have to figure out how to play with these rules. Mm-hmm. It's There's no sense to get upset about it. It's just, these are the rules. How do I play with these rules? And then you go. Um, I, I, I don't, I can't say I'm really worried about a lot of stuff. I think about well, the number one thing I worry about is Wall Street, and always have been, and how it's all manipulated, and how so many people are still putting their money there, hoping it's going to be there for their retirement, right. even their the 401k that people, is like, it, it ama- it's um, astonishing to me that I talk to a lot of women, and they're investing, they're putting like as much as they can to their 401k, and I'm like, well, say, what are you going to do if you have a problem between now and the time you're going to retire? Yeah. And what if they change those rules about retirement? And what if, you know, we just don't think about all those things, having these other forms of cash flow, there's nothing about, I'm, I'm not against a 401k. I just don't think that should be your be all and end all for your retirement. And that whole word is changing what it means. I mean, I don't even know what retirement means anymore, Yeah. Um. other than you get to do what you want to do. And that could be whenever you want it to be, not just age 65 or 70 or 80, whatever it's going to be when whatever your age is right now, you're ready to retire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I am, again, I talked about a control. I like to have control and nobody cares about my money more than I care about my money. And the same thing mm-hmm. about nobody cares about yours any more than you, if you don't care about it, nobody cares about it. Right. So building it is on you and having cash flow now lets you live the life you want to live now and not just wait and live for the future. I mean, everything in our world is about now, right? Everything. Right. You've yep. you're got instant access to everything. And we're Amazon still saving our money for retirement. <laughs> we're still right. saving our money for some future thing. Yep. Yes, we need that, but we need the cash flow so we can do what we want to do now. If you don't want to keep doing whatever job it is you have right now, right? If you don't have the other cash flow, you have no choice. You're stuck. You are yeah. handcuffed to that thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Having other income gives the ability to. Say thanks. And or if somebody's trying to get you to do a job in a way you don't want to, he's like, mm, if you don't want me to do this job the way I want to do it, mm, you just let me know and I can go do something else. Right. So it's those kinds of um feelings, that kind of security, and that's real security, guys, knowing that you can walk away from anything. I don't want to be in this job, I don't want to be in this relationship, and you have the financial ability to take care of yourself and everything you want to do. Mm-hmm. That is security. And that's what I want for every single woman in the world, honestly.
0: Yeah. And it's a very freeing feeling once you have that. I mean, once you're passive income, essentially once you have enough income passively or, you know, active from investments, yeah. It covers your expenses, yep. you're pretty much retired, you know, in the you're sense you're good. Mm-hmm. You
1: are good. And yes. now you can really open up your mind and start to make a lot more. Right. It just becomes yeah. It's it's such an interesting phenomenon to not have to to know you don't have to go do that W two job. Right. It just opens you up to so much. Like oh, I can go do this, and then the mm-hmm. whole creativity of investing comes in, and things just get so much prettier. I don't know. Did you ever play cash? Have you played Cashflow One Hundred and One?
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I have the board. Game. He, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: and the feeling of getting in the fast track. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's such a, it's like, oh my goodness, the air is so much lighter out here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's much more fun. That's for sure. (laughs) It is. is. Mm -hmm.
1: I'd love that game just for that that very reason and getting understanding that feeling, just understand the feelings of what it feels like to invest and you can lose in that game, but you don't lose your own money. Right. You get to learn how you react to a loss. Yep. That's, it's so good. So good.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally agree. Do you have any daily habits that you do uh, that kind of keep you motivated or, you know, focused on success in your, in your goals?
1: Right now, no. (laughs) (laughs)
0: When
1: I'm, when I'm at my, well, and I'm not going to say no, I actually have a meditation practice and it's a, Hmm. like, I have a headphones I put on and has a sounds that gets my mind just off yeah. that I do in the morning. Most mornings lately I've been a little off, but most mornings I'm doing that. And that's my number one. I work really hard not to sit out of sit up out of bed and grab my phone. It's like Yeah. As soon as you know I tell mm. myself no. It, yeah. But it is a it's a struggle sometimes. It's like, okay, what what happened? Mm. Um I work really hard to go to bed at by 10 o'clock, 10 30. Um, those are my, my big ones. I'm r- right now starting my, um, a little more health, ca- uh, mm, what's the right word? Optimization. We put mm-hmm. it that way. Um, so just getting all the, the, my body, the way I want it to be, getting my, and my, my body, the internal, my internal body, the way I want it to be. Started mm-hmm. looking at a bunch of different things with a naturopath. And in addition to like people are like, you're an MD, what are you doing to naturopath? Uh-huh. Yeah, a naturopath. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: physicians, we all know that medicine, Western medicine can't cure everything. That's a whole nother path. But right. I go to a Western medicine doctor 100 percent I go to a dentist, all those kinds of things, but a naturopath to help me with all those other kinds of things. So those those are the kinds of things I'm working on right now. It's always a journey, mm-hmm. which I'm learning. I always thought, like, okay, once I get to here, once I get to this weight. It'll be fine, right? No, you got to keep on. I got to keep working to stay here. Right? Okay. Oh, come on. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> it's, you know, I gotta it's like investing? Keep get to that spot
0: in the hill, then you go to the next one, right? Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yep. exactly. But I agree with you. I mean, I've been looking at that lately too. And gut health is a real thing. You know, when you start kind of eating healthier foods and really watching that, your mind, for me anyway, is really cleared up.
1: Yes, My, clearer mind more energy mm-hmm. and i sleep better so yep. those are the maybe that's why i'm not staying awake worrying about things going on in the country especially things i can't right can't do anything about it that's the biggest yeah. thing there's i can do what i can do mm-hmm. and the, that's how i think about the rules like okay how the rules change okay how do i play in this game and that's mm-hmm. how i think about it
0: yeah i mean they just raised rates yesterday another 25 basis points but Historically, they're not that high. It's not you that think high. I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: People are panicking about it. And I mean, I've been alive a long time. And I mean, I I don't remember 100%, but I was alive when interest rates were double digit, double mm-hmm. digit interest rates. And people could still, you could, you just got to figure out your deals a little differently. Bottom line, right. any deal of work. As long as the numbers work, it doesn't matter what the interest rate is. And I just had that had that conversation with one of my clients the other day. It's like it doesn't matter what the interest rate is; just make sure the numbers work. Don't don't yeah. think about the interest rate; factor it in as a thing. And if you can't buy the thing with and make money on it, then it's not it's just not the right price. Get the price right. What mm-hmm. yep. fix what you got to fix. Yeah,
0: exactly. And it should open up a lot more creative finance opportunities as well. I think. You know, yeah, which is fun. Yeah, exactly. That's the best part. <laughs>
1: like how exactly. can I make this work? Yeah. Not you know that's the, always the key is the question you ask yourself and make sure you're asking not not this this won't work. This just won't work. It's like, well, how can it work? And
0: mm-hmm. that's when
1: all the fun starts. Exactly.
0: Yep. Totally agree. Right. So, now, please I got one more question. We'll get into our 5 to thrive, but first, how do people reach out and contact you or find you online?
1: They can find me on um at my website, well, I'm sorry, moneywithmission.com. So you can go on there. We have a lot of downloads, a lot of free information. You can get seven steps to building resilient wealth. You can download my the ebook um how to create wealth that outlives you. And you can book a call if you want to have a chat. Um my email which is not the best way to reach me because I get so many emails like everybody and like it'll get buried. So if you send me an email and I don't respond, no, it's not personal, send it again. And maybe I'll be checking my emails that day. Felicia, <laughs> my first name, Felicia at moneywithmission.com. Um, those, that's probably the best.
0: Okay, I hear you on the emails. Yeah, it's <laughs> text message and stuff is is definitely faster for me. So
1: don't, and don't hesitate to schedule a call. We book a call and we have a chat. No, there's nothing... Yeah. Like That's how we get to know each other. And I love getting to know people and increasing my network.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, So I guess what would be your number one takeaway you'd want the audience to absorb from this interview?
1: Yeah, and I don't know if we actually said this, but um, start sooner than later with your investing, number one, yep. and realize that your 401k is not the answer to your air quotes retirement. Um, you have to be a little bit more active with your money than just putting it into your 401k.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally agree with you. Great point. So now we go our, our five to thrive. Now we wrap the show up. So this is the word association game. I'll just (laughs) rattle off five words, you know, rapid fire and just give me the first word or phrase that comes to mind. The only thing is you can't repeat the same answer.
1: Okay, and I'm nervous that I'm going <laughs> to, I got it. I'm going to roll yeah. my shoulders and get ready this for is, this. This is
0: the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. First one, syndication.
1: Mm-mm. Build wealth.
0: Mm-hmm. Asset-backed investments.
1: Mm-hmm. Real estate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, MDs in real estate.
1: Uh okay. I gotta figure out just a shorter statement than what came to my head. Um <laughs> MD and real estate. The best way to have the life you want to build wealth.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh wealth.
1: Being able to leave this is gonna this is a paragraph, leaving what you want to the world the improvements that you want the um in the world whether it's just for your family whether it's for your charity whether it's for whatever wherever you when you wealth is not just for you it is for a greater good
0: Mm -hmm. and last one felicia fro
1: working to give professional women the financial ability to leave any job or relationship that is not in their best interest
0: i like that one that's good. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure having you here and a lot of fun.
1: Thank you, Andrew.